1: This is where top performers share their secrets to help you achieve your personal and your professional goals, and I am your host, Denise Griffiths, and together with my truly amazing guests, we will bring you inspiring and actionable insights to take your life and business to the next level. Ranked in the top 2% globally, this podcast really is a must-listen, so whether you're tuning in for entrepreneurial tips, career advice, or personal development strategies, get ready to turn inspiration into action. Challenges into triumphs and leap dreams into reality. So basically, sit back, relax, take notes, and prepare to transform your aspirations into achievement. And our topic today is an important one to many of us, to me in particular, and it's called The Personal Development Revolution with my guest, Tony Petrosa. Now, Tony's self-help journey was inspired by his father's wisdom, and it it began in childhood – excuse me, I'm losing my voice – guided by powerful principles from books like Think and Grow Rich. He embraced Napoleon Hill's mantra, Whatever the Mind Can Conceive and Believe It Can Achieve. This early influence became a cornerstone in Tony's life, and it's a unique advantage that he carries forward every day. So facing adversity in his company, and I'm not sure I'm saying this right. I'll get him to correct me in a bit. Perfico? Perficio. I knew I was going to say it wrong. Tony's resilience shines. Thank you, Tony. From an inter- infantryman in the 82nd Airborne Division to triumph over addiction in 2000, his path to success is unconventionable, but very inspiring. And Tony champion, champions persistence is the key to success, but with a vital twist the importance of learning he believes that acquiring new knowledge repeating mistakes is absolutely inevitable just look at history that's you can't even argue with that
0: absolutely
1: yeah stressing purpose he says everyone needs a purpose and for him it's making self-help a practical force for transformation and his goal ignite a success revolution by making self-help genuinely effective tony good morning Um, Thank you for being patient with my voice. You're
0: going to be doing a lot of the
1: talking, I can tell right now, but welcome to your partner in success, Radio.
0: I'll do my best, Denise, and good morning to you, and thank you so much for having me. I've really been looking forward to this, and I'm so excited to be here with you.
1: Well, thank you, and I know, and same, you know, I've been looking forward to this, too, and when we had our pre-interview, geez, it was a while back, um, you mentioned Napoleon Hill, and, you know, I'm a ardent napoleon hill aficionado in fact my wednesday co-host is ben gay the third oh and wow. you, know, you probably know Ben. yes i know who he is yes yeah. and he was the final mentee of dr napoleon hill so i get to hear fascinating stories personal stories from ben about you know Ben gay and earl nightingale and zig ziglar and i'm writing them all down they're just wonderful stories
0: And, you know, along those lines, uh, a mentor that I had, Rex Sykes, he- Oh, I know who he is. Oh, great. He put out a book a couple of years ago. uh, And I was the first editor of that book. And I put the, the basic manuscript together. And Rex is, Rex is almost, well, I'm not, he is, he is- a Napoleon Hill disciple. In yes. fact, in fact, Hill's granddaughter wrote the foreword for that book. Uh, you know, really edifying, Rick's sake. So most of the people in the personal, the personal development field know who Hill is, and they they should because I consider him the father of modern self help and personal development. I mean, he started it all in in this modern era with Think and Grow Rich.
1: He did, and did you know? And Ben told me this. I don't know if this is common knowledge, but Ben was very clear on one of our podcasts a few weeks ago that Dr. Napoleon Hill wrote Think and Grow Rich as a training manual.
0: It's incredible. And it's so true. If you, if you, if you, it's like with any self-help book though, that's, that's of of good quality. And frankly, I've never really come across low quality ones. Uh, I think they're all worth their salt more or less. If you follow them, if you could apply, what they instruct, especially, you know, being, uh, you know, being, paying attention to the articulations or the sequence, you would do great. <laughs> the problem is uh, we're all human. That's the problem.
1: <laughs> there is that. Yeah. <laughs> so, What are we going to do? I mean, all we can do is step out every day, put our foot in front, one foot in front of the other and do our best. And every once in a while, I don't know about you. I have to have my, a talk with myself and say, Denise, that was stupid and then denise says and what are you gonna do about it fix it (laughs) and off i go
0: (laughs) that that is a frequent conversation that i have except uh it's not with denise it's with tony
1: (laughs) i think we all do it if we're at all paying attention to ourselves we know when we put a foot wrong or maybe kind of sort of wrong or maybe it just wasn't important enough to even worry about but then there are things that we have to go okay that needs to be fixed
0: you know you know uh and i don't say this because i'm an italian american i just and I, I, the tv show sopranos which i was never into until i saw it finally a few years ago in its entirety and it was sublime the main character tony soprano some uh, a, wo- a woman from the old country tells him tony you're your own worst enemy thinking She's giving him insight, and he and he quickly retorted. He goes, "What kind of BS is that? Everybody is their own worst enemy, and that's absolutely true." And but it, what's the deal? with the important thing is is just what you alluded to is, what are you going to do now that you can accept that you're your own worst enemy? Or is it going to be the two of you alone? You've got to ma- make changes. You've got to. The the trick is to turn your worst enemy yourself into your best friend. That's the trick. If you do that, your goal you're not gold platinum.
1: I agree with you. So you can go from aluminum to platinum in short order.
0: Yeah. <laughs> but
1: you know, it's, and it's an important you know topic that we're talking about because listen, we are truly our own worst enemies. I, and I've said this on the show before, you know, we have the self-talk that is just brutal. We all have it. And I'll t- tell you right now, if any living person spoke to me in a Walmart parking lot, the way I catch myself speaking to myself, I'd be in jail.
0: Yeah, we'd I'd see you help. on YouTube. <laughs> I would need money, no question. We'd see you on YouTube having a vicious yeah. fight.
1: Yeah, that's exactly right. So <laughs> you, know, you have to be kind to yourself, but you also, <clears throat> excuse me, you need to be aware. And I think that's where we're going to go today. So my question, Tony, is what inspired you to title this interview, The Personal Development Revolution? What's the significance behind this?
0: Well let me preface that with this you're listening to a person who used to curse the world who hated hated the world in fact in my hardcore punk rock days and i'm not just talking about when i had the big old mohawk and all that if you could have showed me where the button it was for the doomsday to blow up the world i would have pressed it without much hesitation that's how that's how i felt about not well the world certainly but it wasn't about the world, was it? It was about myself. It's how I felt about myself, which is how the how I see the world. And now, people who know me like they hear stories, or I might tell them some anecdote about my previous life, if you will, and they and they can't understand it. They're like, "No, I don't know that person." I'm like, "Yes, that's right," because I changed dramatically. <laughs> I, I changed from a very negative person to a positive person. And yet I'm my nature is still to be negative, which is quite common. But for me, it was very consequential. I was an addict. But uh, let me answer your question directly. Uh, the, the, the revolution, well, see the world, the world is, there's a lot of people that want to change the world and that's fine. But the reality is that the world is always changing with or without you. It doesn't need you. Uh, you are, I'm not going to say inconsequential, But since the world is always changing, uh, you can take yourself out of the equation and the world will change just fine. So the thing that you can change and should change and need to change to make the greatest impact on the world is yourself. Now that is very difficult as we just really covered some good ground on. It's very difficult to change yourself. So it takes constant attention to do that. And if you could then you would be successful in personally developing. And by personally developing, you would change the world. And you see, when you change yourself the way you want to change, then you can change the world, accepting what you can do and what you cannot do, change the world in ways that you want, because you know the difference. That's a critical thing to know, the difference between what you can do and what you cannot do. And so there's a huge field of personal development and self-help, self-improvement, et cetera. But, most people don't. Most people are not into this, and the primary reason is they've heard all the they see that people usually fail at it because it's so difficult. Uh, so why even try? But the primary reason for every person there's a number of reasons why people are not into self help and personal development. But the primary reason is because they fear to fail. They fear failure. Why should you? Why should I even read a book on personal development when I know I'm going to fail? Uh, at at implementing it or pursuing my goals or becoming who I want to be. So don't even try. So whatever the reason is, a person without personally developing in the ways that they want, see, you're going to change just like the world changes with or without you. You're going to change without, even without your consent, you know, even if, but the, the only question is, is it the way that you want or the way that the world wants, or or the world pushes you. Well, the, the world will always push you, but you will also always make your decisions, even if they are bad decisions, <laughs> right? And that and those two things will shape how you become. But unless you can get over whatever problems or hurdles, then the world will win, if you will. So, what I, I you're listening to a person who is was is who was sick and tired of being a failure. I mean, that was, that was who I was. I was a failure. I was a loser. Uh And not just that I can go into my addiction. Uh But you know, in, in life, I basically didn't get what I want. You know, you remember the song from the seventies. The Have you heard about the lonely loser? Whenever I heard that song, that's what I was like. That song's to me. That That's what I, I thought of myself. I thought of myself as a loser. And, and indeed a key thing to, one of the many things I did to overcome my addiction was to stop thinking of myself as a loser and start thinking and acting like a winner, but in the field, in, in the field of personal development and just the description of, of personal development, there are, there are huge obstacles in the way. So what, what and since I, I, I got into the field of coaching, uh, I, and when I made my business plan, I also said, well, you know, what about this this massive failure that I, I'm a I have that that I I consider myself as one of, and that I know that really uh, inflicts the, the world. Um, I wanted to to change that, so I, I studied self help, and I saw that problems in it, and I, I solved them, and I formed a company, and my company is going to usher in a self help revel a success revolution because we made a, a device that that doesn't allow people to fail and, and, and allows them to be personally develop in the way that they want, overcoming those problems, those natural problems, which we can get into if you'd like, uh, or, or pervasive and recurring problems of self-help. The, the, the key to self-help, the key to ch- personally, personally developing, the key to success is very simple. You mentioned it at the beginning when you read my bio is, is you must persist it's nothing is over until you quit terminally. nothing. your entire life, my entire life is one giant process. and there are, you know perhaps countless countless processes within it, but it's all process. So you're in the process. I'm in the process until the 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 shovelling the dirt on me. <laughs> so I just have to keep at it, right? And as long as I keep at it, then I have a chance of succeeding or winning. But the other thing is, as you also mentioned, is that I must learn. And if I don't learn, then I'm I'm just going to keep repeating the same mistakes and getting the same results. I have to learn. You know, the the intelligent person is not necessarily someone with a high IQ. It's someone who learns his or her lessons. And it's very simple, very simple to identify lessons what are the actions or inactions that I have had in my life that have caused me regret or suffering great what when are those things
1: always the inaction when I don't take action
0: that's that's more common that's, that's, that's more going common. to be where
1: I'm the most regretful
0: that's I'm far more common
1: uh in fact
0: there, there was they, they've done a number of polls on this uh and uh they've asked uh old people elderly people what was their most common regret well what were their regrets and the by far and away the number one regret was failing to act on opportunities uh in their life in action that was the by far and away the most common regret
1: and that makes a lot of sense now you now tony you're no stranger to hardship and i can't remember now i'm listening so intently that if i even mentioned this in the introduction but you were an infant infantryman i think i did in the army's famous uh 82nd Airborne Division. Yeah,
0: that yeah. Was tough. That was, you know I've been through a lot of things. You know I'm 58 years old. I've been around a bit, and 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 I really transformed my life. But I I, I that was probably the greatest experience of my life. Uh, you know, it was just turning from a boy into a man. Uh, I mean, not just age, but for the responsibilities that I, I was given and, and took. You know, dealing when you're especially in a combat unit. You're you're responsible for the 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 life of the of your team and the Mm -hmm. people support, and so you've got to take it very seriously. In fact, when people ask me my advice about going into the military, I only I only ever have one piece of advice to them, and that is pay attention, pay attention, pay attention, pay attention. That's the one one piece of advice, and you could use it in, in your regular civilian life. Pay attention, what's going on, you know, around me, but what's what's going on within me. That's a critical thing to pay attention to as well. But that time in the Second Airborne, I have to also admit that I also became an, a, an alcoholic, but I'm not blaming the army for that. though. you know, when, when, in, during downtime, you know, drinking is is often a very common activity. I became an alcoholic in the army and, and, and the army was the first, the first, they sent me to AA and I, I and I, uh, I was in my first AA meeting, and I heard, "I'm Joe, and I'm an alcoholic." And I said, "I'm Tony. Screw you." Wow. So, I wasn't quite ready at that time. Uh, but the but that that situation. Of, of, well, the biggest thing that the, you know, the military teaches you is to ha- is to be disciplined. You must see in in the in civilian world, you make the best decisions for yourself uh and you uh strive to act on them. In the military, the army will tell you what the decision is and you go about it. You know, and the only time you you should you 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 can disregard it is when it's an uh an unlawful order. Uh and so it's so discipline it's all about discipline. So once you get out of the army, uh the thing that you or oh, even if you never were in the military, the thing that a person really needs to have more than anything is self discipline. If you can self discipline yourself, then I would say you have got ninety percent of the of the of the success solution. You know, it's, it's Attorney- a don't
1: yeah, you yeah. find that self-discipline is probably one of the most difficult p- things
0: for it, most people? It, it, it is. It Listen, is. I most-
1: like to think I have good, strong self-discipline, and then I smack myself on the hand and say, quit lying to yourself.
0: Yeah, yeah. I, oh, see, I'm
1: really good at procrastination. That's where my true self is. <laughs> I can that, that is it. My, my, like
0: nobody's business. Absolutely. My worst flaws is that I'm lazy, all right? oh. which, is, which is a deadly sin, right? The sin of sloth. Uh, and distraction, uh, this now distraction is, is like practically universal, especially in this age where everybody's making more and more things to distract you. <laughs> What's right. So those are, you know, for me, those are the two things that I need to overcome and I'm doing my best with them, but, but, but you can leave, but both of those are the, are the, you know, are the win-win for procrastination. Procrastinate. There are a number of reasons why people procrastinate, uh, and I don't even need to get into that pathology. But the thing that the important thing is is that you can procrastinate, and in some self-help geniuses, I say that a bit facetiously, will say procrastinate on procrastination. Okay, that's a clever thing to say. Well, what good does it do me? <laughs> you you know you can procrastinate. That's fine, but as long as you don't procrastinate too much, you'll be all right. But you there's there's no. In, 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 suc- in, in pursuing su- uh, success and in any achievement, a sufficient amount amount of action is required. And there's no getting around that. There's just no way to get, get around it. Any self-help book that promises you, you know, like, for example, uh, the law of attraction was very popular like 20, 25 years ago which i think is a real law but it's been greatly distorted you you can't merely attract what you want just by wishing dreaming about it and thinking about it those are great things vision boards
1: vision boards great
0: but you can do all that stuff but without the sufficient action you ain't gonna have crap you're not gonna you you know even if what you do you make progress it'll it'll be insufficient unless the action is sufficient now if you if you can become very uh put a, a, a more than sufficient, wow, now you now you're doing a lot better. And if you can become consistent, well, forget it. Now you're cooking with, with gas. Now you're unstoppable. So actually there's no getting around it. You know, you'll hear a lot of stuff like an NLP. I'm an NLP practitioner in neuro linguistic programming, which is a great model of communication so much hype in it it's that's all it is you know either it, it doesn't matter who you are what your philosophy is what your credentials are you either you know yoda said it in star wars in the 1970s you either do or not do and that's it it doesn't matter what you know you do or you not do everything everything else is bs <laughs> so it's that simple so i you know I, I would love to say you know i'm in the field of personal development i would love to say oh i have you know, the magic pill for you, the magic solution so that you don't have to do, but it would just be another line of BS. You must do, you know, and, and whatever it is, it is, you'll figure it out. You know, you're an intelligent person or a semi-intelligent person like myself, and you'll figure out what has to be done, but it has to be done. You cannot get around it.
1: You're right. And I think what some people just don't really connect with right away. They know it at some level. We all know it, whether we listen to our internal dialogue or not. I don't know. But when when we're having these conversations with ourselves, we can say, oh, you know, I can do this and I'm going to do this and blah, 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 blah. Until you actually take a step. Listen, yesterday was Sunday. I decided that, and I had seen a meme on Facebook that basically said, I'm going to move just enough today so people don't think I'm dead. And I gave myself permission to do precisely that yesterday. And I read, and I thought, and I went outside, and I breathed fresh air. I didn't do anything that can be, could be considered moving myself forward. Well, but I'm well, I was wrong. I was moving myself forward in a big way because I was thinking, and then I was planning. There you go. But I didn't yeah. do—I didn't physically do a darn thing. I lie. I scooped the cat litter.
0: <laughs> well, that's a necessary thing. But planning, planning is essential. Successful people plan. If you're not planning, you'll never be successful. And right. planning—the great misconception people have—is that planning is the, uh, the 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 vehicle. No, it's not. It's only the way. It's only the start. The planning, the plan, will never be the way you you think it will be. That's just to get you started. You'll adjust as you get going. But let me add a caveat about about knowing and doing. You know, we all know or think we know, but unless we're doing, we don't truly know. Uh, we know a, a, a some or even a lot, but if we knew sufficiently, there's that word again, then we would do. There, 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 there There's something within us that either causes us to hesitate uh, or ha- have a doubt or that one, one might precede the other, the doubt would precede the hesitation, uh, and we don't do it. Because uh, oh, I'd rather you know sit on my my recliner and watch TV than uh, work than plan. Because uh, why? Maybe because what I plan, I'm going to be it'll be another exhausting uh, monotony of 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 more exhausting things that I don't want to (laughs) do. You know. So when you truly know, you won't procrastinate. And I say this for myself. When I truly know, that's when I kick ass. That's when I make things happen. But when I have some doubt or have some confusion or some lack of clarity, then I I don't act nearly as well as when I do have that clarity.
1: Same here. And going back to procrastination, and I have found this, I bet you have as well, oftentimes when I have procrastinated something, you just covered it. It didn't feel right my instincts were saying "Mm, I don't know about this or I wasn't ready for it let me put it in the drawer and I'll look at it down the road instead of trying to force myself into something that just doesn't feel right you have to be aware of, of what your subconscious is telling you what your inner voice is telling you what your instincts are telling you if they're saying get off the couch and go get off the couch and go. Yesterday, that didn't happen to me. And I was like, oh, good. And I took a whole entire day, which is rare for me. But you know what? I woke up this morning just going, I am going to kick butt. And I have been already.
0: That's a critical thing you said. You mentioned the subconscious. Now, people hear that word, whether they know about psychology or not, they hear that word and they, they don't may not understand it. Uh, the subconscious is extremely powerful. Oh yeah, I would would say it's ultimately powerful, except for one thing, and that is you. (laughs) Your conscious is more powerful than your subconscious, but unless you bring what the subconscious has to your consciousness, the subconsciousness, the subconscious will be in control.
1: I I like to. to, I'm sorry, I had have to interrupt, or I'll forget about it. But you know how I handle my subconscious? I don't sleep well. I never have. I'm not. You know, I'm not an insomniac. I just don't sleep often. I sleep when I need to. It may be for two hours, three <laughs> hours. Anything beyond that, and I'm groggy. If I sleep more than three hours in a row, I'm probably sick. <laughs> There's wow. something wrong with me. But I'm always thinking. I'm always. I may be up at three o'clock in the morning making gumbo. It has been known to happen. But here's what I do when when I'm going to go to sleep for the you know, actually go to sleep at night. And it may be 11. It may be one in the morning. I I don't have a, a time. And I can tell that I'm actually going to go to sleep. And this is very important. And I've done this for as long as I can recall. But, you know, I'll lay down, close my eyes. and you know, Internally, I'm looking up at the ceiling. I'm looking up way above my head. And I'm, you know, saying my prayers. I'm saying thank you. Gratitude has a lot to do with my prayers. And the conversations that I have with myself and other people. And I will say out loud, I always do this out loud because I don't know who's listening. They're not going may not hear me if I'm just thinking it in my head with all those other squirrel thoughts. But if I'm thinking out loud, you can pretty much only cover one topic at a time. Right. Yes. So I will say, okay, Denise, and I'm talking to my subconscious. This was a sticky point for me today. I don't have an answer and I really would like some inspiration. Tony 3:18 in the morning it does not matter if I went to sleep at one eighteen in the morning I wake up and there's my answer without fail.
0: The subconscious is on your side. Oh you, yeah. You you you've just got to be sure of it. You know when you're not sure of it then you, the subconscious you know in and NLP and other kinds of psychology uh we talk about you know, we, you know, or even in, in lay terms, we talk about parts. This part of me is this, and this part of me wants that. Well, that's just the way to speak about it in language. The truth is that there, there is no part of you. There's just you, right? right. I agree, right? right. Subconscious, conscious, uh, you know, within, without. Well, in terms of without the person, um, so but we we use we use language to talk. We might use the word parts uh, or subconscious. But the, the trick is is to be aligned with your values, with what you want and what you do. When you do that, you're, you're unstoppable. You, you feel great and, and you, you will, you'll procrastinate less and less. And, and as long as you can remove, have more and more clarity, you'll become a dynamo. Uh, And 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 I'm not and I'm not speaking as some sort of expert or master achiever. Uh, I'm just the guy striving to get along and and, and make his goals happen.
1: Well, Tony, let's go back to your early history, because, you know, you were in in the army, you became an alcoholic and now you're doing what you do. Was there any particular moment where you just said, you know, Tony, I've had enough of this shit what did you do what happened
0: yeah i've had i've had many of those <laughs> uh but you know in terms of uh recovering from my alcoholism my addiction um i you know i i was living out in the west coast and uh and my my then fiance showed me a a video. I was. I had a three-day blackout, and she showed me a video of of me. I thought I was the coolest guy, you know, at the party. I, I was. showed me a video of me not crawling on the floor, not even being able to get on the floor, and it was pathetic. You know, so pathetic, that I actually spit at the the screen of the TV with the video. And then they showed me the bullet holes in the wall from a gun that I shot. And then I say, like, okay, I'm finally gonna go into uh, AA uh, of my own volition and um and that began that was just the beginning of my my journey my struggle for addiction and alcoholism recovery because it took me 8 years to finally get it and i would love to tell you that i simply chose it like a good buddhist i chose to finally get it now uh addiction addiction is a maladaptation it's not just a mere you know description of some psychological aspects of a person it's a maladaptation a person has has some askew uh they've been they have some skew view of the world that they think that they need to use something to get to 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 survive to exist so for me at the at the end of that eight years uh, i I got the news that my sister was killed by a drunk driver the night oh. before and yes. that she was my favorite person in the world. and when I heard the news i a, a, a best friend of mine told me the news at a, at a lunch uh, he said he called me up and said let's meet for lunch he was crying he was so distraught and he wouldn't tell me why i mean met and he continued that and then we then he drove me over to this is in staten island new york he drove me over to the alice austin house afterwards which is right in the shore um and the, where uh, rocks as a rocky shore and we used to party there when i say party i mean do cocaine Uh, A lot. And then he told me the news that my sister was killed and I dropped to the rocks because I was, I had no energy to stand up. I didn't faint, but I I just, I was just completely depleted. And, uh, and he, and he's crying. He said, what can I do for you? And that's, that's when my moment arrived. I said, I said, get me to a meeting. And I was talking about an AA meeting or N A N A meeting because uh, that's the that's the that's was my bottom, as they say in the rooms or in addiction, because an addict needs a psychic phenomena to break this maladaptation it, because it's so ingrained in our brain, in our thinking, our minds, that we can't think in a way that's not maladapted. So, when with this psychic trauma, which we had nothing to do with me, a lot of times people. You know, do something, and it causes their their bottom. For me, it was nothing but listening, and um, but it was so traumatic for me that I find I was able to break through that thinking and say, and mean, get me to a meeting, and and that's the day I surrendered. That's the term we use. Now, surrender doesn't mean that you that you've lost in in a in a inverse metaphor. It means you won. Because That's when I talked about being a loser. I stopped being a loser and started becoming a winner. I stopped hating the world. You could hear it in my voice, Denise. I'm a fan of what talking about. It. I stopped hating myself and hating the world and started to change that. Okay. And, uh, and ever since I surrendered, and that was in 2000, uh, I never looked back. I, I've been successful in addiction recovery. Um, and it's because i i finally basically to paraphrase is 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 that i don't have this i said to myself in the world i don't have the answers i don't i used to think i had the answers i was full of shit okay i didn't
1: know I'm anything laughing because been there done it will do it again <laughs> and,
0: and so and uh, and you know a critical thing in my my recovery you know and i've i've always been a controversial person in the rooms of Alcoholics Anonymous and Narcotics Anonymous. And I speak about it now because I don't consider myself an active member. I'm Not that I wouldn't go to a meeting, but I'm not an active member. And they are anonymous programs. So I can speak about it now, uh, uh, abiding by their bylaws, which is to stay anonymous. Um, you know, there, there is, it has a lot of pitfalls in it, but they are, I'm totally indebted to them. And, and it works if you work it, but you got to be Careful of the cult-like mentality that can pervade, but it it is a very uh, effective program. But at the beginning, I realized that a prime that the at the core of my addiction was that I was living my life knowing that I was wasting my potential. And I don't say that in any narcissistic way, every single person has incredible potential, but unless they act on it, that's all it will, it will remain. So that, that, it was a low, very low self-esteem, but that, that really, you know, ate at me, gnawed at me that I was was so much I could do. And I wasn't doing anything uh, that was in, in any sort of congruent with my higher ideals and values. So I focused on overcoming that and thinking about what I could do. With my life, with my potential, and with that that approach, I had I, I I I'm going to say it this way I had a far better recovery than most of the people around me who was just most of the people around me who were just striving to stay clean or stay sober and I found I found that to be grossly insufficient that that's just the ticket to ride. What am I going to do with my sober life? Well, I'm going to do this and I'm going to do that. Okay, well, how do I do that? Well, I got to start learning this. I got to start applying that. That's the way I went about it. And by doing that, and I continue that throughout my entire uh, recovery, which has been 23 years. Well, today is the 13th of November. In five days, it'll be 23 years. (laughs) So, congratulations. But I don't, I don't, I'm one of those people, I don't count time. I just remember that last day, that day I told you about hearing about my sister's death uh you know to me you know i don't work i don't i was never good with math anyway, so i don't bother with any addition one 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 I just go about pursuing the things that I want to pursue so that was the whole that was the critical thing is to is to realize my potential and similarly self help is is nothing but potential that's all it is whether self help personal development be a book, a course, or none of that just your own wherewithal. It's the same thing. It's just pure potentiality. So, what are you going to do? That's the that's that's the only question the world ever asked us. It asked me, Tony, what are you going to do? Because my my death is rapidly coming, and I say that with no no moroseness, no morbidity. That's the reality. That's the truth, and it's and everyone must accept that, and not in a way, not again, not to be morbid, but to, to realize that. That's the perfection that God has given us, and I say that in the most non-religious way possible. If you don't like the word God, then the universe, the world, you're going to die. Everyone you love is going to die. Every single thing that's alive is going to die. Again, no morbidity. That's just that's just the perfection of it, and I'm I'm, I'm not going to belabor why it's perfect or how it's perfect. But I will say that that is the incentive to get going because we're on the clock. We are on the clock, my dear woman. We must act to see the things in the world that we want to see, to change the problems, to change the things that we want to change, to solve the problems that we want to see solved, to become the person that we want to be. We must start acting. We must continue acting because that day is coming. And I say that very Aurelian-like. Marcus, I'm... i I have a uh, uh, Stoics. I listen to, I watch the Stoics all the time. Fantastic. I have a a protege, uh, but he's a close friend. And and, um, we are, we're, we are studying uh, the meditations by Marcus Aurelius. I've been
1: listening uh, on audible.
0: Oh, you're going to laugh
1: at me, but I, they say I don't sleep a whole heck of a lot. I've just never found it all that important. I've often said I'll sleep when I'm dead, and I'm not even sure then, because I don't yeah. think we really die. Die. We're energy. We go somewhere. Yeah, absolutely. But I will turn on Audible right now. I've been listening to a lot of Greg Braden. Love his his ideas, but I've also got the sto. You know, many books on the Stoics, but I've got the one you just mentioned, and I was listening to that last night just before I went to sleep.
0: Uh, the the practical philosophers, uh, including the Stoics, especially this one, Aurelius, is just incredible. you know right now, so we're we're studying the course, but we're studying the book, but we're co- we're co-creating a course a uh, home study course uh, because it's one well, we want to do it as a business uh, endeavor, certainly, but what the greatest one of the greatest ways to learn something is to teach it <laughs> right there's that's all there's exactly right yeah so so we're we're creating a course as we go and but it's so impactful and indeed one of the great things one of the great shifts i had in studying this work and i, I was never into the psychology the, the philosophers then i got into the practical philosophers like aurelius and now i'm very into them but one of the great things i i, I changed is that i people would say oh that that happened for a reason and at best i would say yeah for a stupid reason because <laughs> uh, i didn't believe things you know everything was is supposed to happen i don't i, I never no, subscribe to that i don't either but, yeah, just
1: but, things that are are avoidable just get out of your own way
0: absolutely but but aurelius has convinced me or I, or more precisely i should say i i allowed him to convince me that, that, it is, that everything does happen for a reason. Now, but that is not to say that we're all, we're all glued to some divine script or some script that we don't know about, but that when something quote unquote bad happens, right, we go, oh, that's bad, right? Um, there is something greater in the future that can happen, that I can make happen uh, or can happen uh, with that bad event, using that word, as part either in catalyst or in some cause and effect process. And I have found that to be more and more to be true. And and if it's nothing more than learning, then that's fantastic, because that's what we have to do. We have to learn in life. We've been learning since day one, since we came out the womb. And we should always be learning since till the day we go in the dirt. And if you continue to learn, then you will increase your success intrinsically because just just and and learning implies that you're not repeating errors and mistakes and if you start the 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 less errors that you make uh, well you should always make errors you know in in some in pursuit some some ambition because that's you know you'll learn okay that doesn't work so let me do something else let me make some adjustments some refinement uh but if you keep if you continue to make the same mistakes over, that's, that's the apex. You're not going to get any further than that until you do something different. So you can get something different.
1: And you're going to be chronically upset with yourself. You know what I'm hearing, Tony, you've got a lot of passion. And I really appreciate that and enjoy it. And I wrote this down because what I'm learning from you and I'm hearing from you as you speak is that you went from basically loathing yourself to that's true. Intense curiosity.
0: Yes, that's a big journey. That's absolutely true. Uh, I'm very curious about the uh, the human condition, uh, and uh, it's in the critical thing that I had to learn was to accept my condition. See, that's a problem that a lot of people have. They don't accept it. Matter of fact, I would say, I would posit that the greatest problem of the of the world, you know, mm-hmm. when I, I mean that people that that populated is that we don't accept things and because we don't accept things we, we can't change it and the, the old adage is what we what we resist persists is is a, is a cliche but it's true a lot of most cliches are true we just we're just tired of hearing them <laughs> right so if you accept something you can change it you know when i first began my addiction recovery they talked about acceptance and indeed i i realized that all twelve steps the 12 step programs are about accept about acceptance you know the first step is acceptance 101 the twelve step is acceptance twelve oh one uh and the more you accept the the better you can you can operate and you know initially or in the earlier years I thought that acceptance meant that okay you you say this is this is what reality is, but that doesn't mean I don't I, I I don't have I I have to like it. I can dislike it. I found that that was that was only being halfway there. True acceptance I have found is being neutral about something. Not even if you dislike it, then you've already attached you've had an emotional attachment to it, and that gets in the way. the 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 position that you should go for is neutrality. That doesn't mean. You condone it. No, 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 no. That means you accept it. It exists as it, as it, as it does. And if you want to make a change, great. You make the change, but you don't have, you don't have a a position of like or dislike. You just observe it and, and realize that it exists. And when you have that position, boy, you can, you can kick ass. Then you can really change things. Then you can go about, now, not just pursuing the things that you want to, but accomplishing them. Because you are now, remember that, that you're, you're your own your own worst enemy. You are out of your own way. Now you're emotional. You were all emotional creatures. There's nothing you can ever do to escape that. Now you get your emotions out of the way.
1: I agree with you. I'll, I'll come across something. And listen, I don't watch the news. I hate the news. I always have. I just trust anybody from government and i distrust anybody from legacy media
0: i i concur i totally uh, not one
1: of them is going to step foot across my door
0: it's just I not gonna happen.
1: but here's the thing i will ask i'll come across something and it'll just start to bug me a bit and i'll stop and say well number one is this true is it really true yep. the second thing is can i do anything at all to change it and the answer is almost always no. Mm. So off it goes I just flick it away. You know in the deep south we do what we call a pishne you know, <laughs> Somebody comes behind you and they flick your ear with their finger and, and that's a pishne. So okay. I to myself and I'm done. Well, I, I like it. that word.
0: I like yeah. that word. Pishnée. I like <laughs> that. Thank you. Yeah. But
1: listen I wanted to and we're talking about therapy versus coaching and I had a coach many, many years ago because, listen, I'm a highly committed introvert. I'm rarely around humans because I'm only good for about 59 and three quarter minutes. And I know this about myself. I'm not shy. I just need to be in my own head. And I'm the
0: same way, Denise. I'm the same way. A lot of people think I'm an extrovert. No, I'm actually an introvert. I just, you know, when I'm in a social situation, you know, there's me. So am I going to shriek to a corner? No, I'm going to be me. But I like to be by myself. I need to be by myself. My girlfriend girlfriend has issues with that, but I need to be by myself. (laughs) Not all the time. I wouldn't be much of a relationship with with a romantic relationship if that was the case. But I need that. I need that.
1: And what I have learned by being an introvert and finally, you know, giving up and saying, listen, you can't hire me. The God's honest truth is I am unemployable. I don't play well with others. I run with scissors. And if you want coffee, you can get it your own damn self. I'm not going to do it. So here there's that. And I need to be off in my own head. I've always been this way. And I finally just said, be you, you know, do you. But there are so many times when you need other voices. And I figured this out early early on in my career, and I hired a female coach, and I can't remember her name now. It was so long ago, but she asked, she was listening to me. I was probably venting about something or complaining, you know, just wasn't going my way, and she just very quietly, after I ran out of steam, she said, Denise, what are you tolerating? You talk about rock me back on my heels, because I had a whole list of things I was
0: tolerating, Exactly. What we tolerate will continue. That's exactly
1: right. So I had to sit down and think about that. I still think about as many years ago, 20 or more years ago. And I still will say, what are you
0: tolerating? You know, Mike, I mentioned my girlfriend. Why are you doing this? Stop it. My girlfriend, you know, we have a great relationship, but she likes to play or sometimes she's truthful saying sometimes she hates me but she doesn't mean that in the real sense and that's because of my boundaries i make boundaries ones that are good are good for you know uh, a healthy relationship has boundaries a healthy person has boundaries boundaries and inversely the unhealthy person does not and so she doesn't like the boundaries she's not used to them Uh, okay and and what are those boundaries for well those are so that i i don't tolerate what i don't want to tolerate i'm not going to tolerate things that are that I feel are in in violation or transgression. Now, of course, you know, in a relationship and whether it be romantic or any other, it has to be mutually mutually rewarding. Right. It's not all about you, you selfish prick. I say that to myself, Uh, you know, so, but, but they, they, but if they are with that in mind, then you are golden, then you're good to go.
1: I'm not good at relationships like that because I don't like to constantly have
0: to negotiate well, but, it, well the, you know once the, the agreement is made there should be no more negotiation unless something you different. would think <laughs> <laughs> but you mentioned you mentioned therapy and or coaching and I, I like this subject uh and uh you talked about your coach what, he, what she said to you but you know i i like to simplify the two is that therapy for the basically helps a person reconcile with the past and coaching Simply helps a person reconcile with the future. Of course, the future is has not happened yet. It's just a fantasy in our minds until it becomes reality in this next moment. Oops, they're gone. There it went. Now it's the past <laughs> in that second. But the future is always unraveling. But a, 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 basically, a, a coach helps you pursue goals, um, and that's that's a, a simplification, you know. And and both can be useful, uh, or even beyond useful, but even you know, essential. But, you know, uh, and, and a lot and more and more therapists today are, are also coaches even getting.
1: Oh, I was going to yeah. ask you about that. I've noticed that there's a trend to blend them together. And that actually kind of makes sense to me.
0: Yeah, yeah, because there are three time periods, right? The past, the future. And of course, the most important time, the present. And that's why. But, you know, you know, and. Well, you know, going back to my recover, my uh, addiction recovery, you know, when I was first recovering i realized something and in my addiction what i did you know when i was going to go go out for the evening i visualized before i left my home myself i visualized myself going out pursuing the drugs getting the drugs and doing them i did that all the time i realized that retrospectively Mm -hmm. Uh, so so i realized
1: you you were planning it not getting you you were planning it That's frightening, but we do that,
0: right? We do that
1: food addictions that you say, okay, I'm going to go to, I'm going to go to this drive through window, then I'm going to go over to this, then I'm going to like,
0: dude, they they may not call it planning, but that it is planning. and It it could be nothing more than this, this visualization, which like I just described. So, you know, in NLP, for example, neuro-linguistic programming, they have a te- technique called a swish pattern, where you take the unwanted behavior, you visualize it, and you replace it with the wanted behavior. So, I wanted
1: to ask you about that. Keep going, but I'm going to come back to that because I wrote down a note to myself, ask about that, because that's not logical to me, but keep going.
0: Well, that's just an example of what an NLP practitioner or a coach may do. And, and, and that's a critical thing because like I said, I, I didn't know anything about anything. And I was, and then after the fact I realized that I was visualizing doing the things that I didn't want to do I mean I was very ambivalent about it <laughs> one hand one hand I really wanted to do the drugs and the other hand I couldn't stand it right <laughs> the fun the fun had, had was gone long ago it was it wasn't fun anymore it was just an uncontrollable behavior but a coach uh can help you with that now of course coaches for the most basically cannot touch uh uh behaviors uh that's the yeah. therapist you know legally uh, but either way you get a person help you either because you know the past a coach will a good coach will help you break bad patterns because we are totally enslaved to our patterns, whether you call them bad or good, doesn't matter. That's just a judgment. We are enslaved to them. So the trick is they take up a quote unquote bad pattern and, and replace it with a good pattern that has to happen. You, a bad pattern will never go away on its own. It'll be replaced by some other pattern, it, you know, and if it's, you know, it's really consequential or detrimental, well, then you better take, Take more responsibility for changing that pattern. Otherwise, it will continue. It, there's nothing you could do about it. There's that subconscious, right? The subconscious has it. But once you say, Oh, well, whoa, well, subconscious, I'm in control. The mind, the mind of Tony. And I see and I declare that we're gonna change it. And um, we're changing it. Now you get going. And now you keep at it until you replace that pattern because the pattern is very powerful, right? But it can be changed by the deliberate and consistent declaration if you will but of you changing it
1: well and let's go back to nlp because i i looked at that many years ago i can't remember there was a brother and sister who had a a big program about that and I i can see their faces i don't recall their names and i was you know sufficiently interested to go find out what it was about and almost instantly tony my logical brain go said what the heck <laughs> i was basically being told to think something that was negative or ugly or icky and then try to cover over that it made no logical sense to me so i dumped it
0: well you know the logic is the thing that we need uh the the more logical a person is the more successful they will be uh is, is that simple and in, in, in this in this age of massive disinformation uh, find the thing that makes the most sense that is most probably the truth uh, and go for the truth. Always pursue the truth. And then as, as Václav said, um, pursue, uh, seek the company of those who pursue the truth and flee from those who have found it. Okay. Always pursue the truth. But you know, when I, I was an actor and I, I plan on getting back into it. I was a professional actor and I was in a very uh, acclaimed acting school in Manhattan and George Morrison was the teacher and he became my mentor he and george morrison was the guy behind gene hackman dustin hoffman so this guy you know he had some cred and he became my mentor and he by the way he was the guy who introduced me to nlp he used it in his acting that's how uh, you know how versatile it can be but for the first few months of the school we spent most of the time on the floor i'm like what kind of school is this you know it was illogical right but that was the prep That was their prep to, you know, to break down the, the, what we're familiar with so that we can become, we can open ourselves to things that were, that are completely unfamiliar. And in doing that, he did become my mentor. I was like, wow, this became more and more logical to me. (laughs) So it's an illogical, we definitely have to be very leery of illogical things, but illogical thing may just be a doorway to something that's far more logical to us.
1: I'm going to pretend like I understood that I didn't (laughs) (laughs)
0: We'll play it back. Maybe I made
1: sense. I I will
0: play it back
1: (laughs) because I, you know, I looked at it and I thought, okay, this is fascinating until it wasn't because my, look, I fight with my NAS system. She is not the boss of me. So you can imagine what was going on in my head when I was being told, all right, you have to, you know, pave this, you know, put this down. This was ugly. You didn't like it. What happened? And then, instantly switch over and go no 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 we're going to do something different and my logical voice said "Uh -uh." (laughs) uh-uh so there you have it it's
0: it's the study of human excellence let me give you a quick example denise one of the precepts of nlp says that that the the feedback that you get is the meaning of the communication that you've given so if a person says uh i don't like you tony all right and that's not what you told him or her if you can if take responsibility for that and say, all right, let me, I, I want this person to like me in this context. Let me change what I'm communicating to that person so that he or she says, I like you, Tony. Then you have got the outcome that you wanted. See, it doesn't seem logical. I told the person that this is, this is, that is completely right and truthful. But, you know, but by making yourself flexible and adaptable, you can get the outcome you want.
1: I'm going to come back and listen to this, and then I'll probably <laughs> be calling you going, I still don't get it, but we'll see. <laughs> yeah, some things work for me, and some things don't, and I, yes. I know, you know what's going to have me going, that feels itchy, and NLP did feel itchy to me. I wanted to, we're we just about out, and I know a lot of people who absolutely swear by it, so don't listen to me. It just didn't work for me, is what I'm saying.
0: That's right
1: i'm one of those cranky people so it's just not gonna do it but anyway i wanted to ask you impact how do you measure the impact of your work and what if any milestones have left a really lasting impression on you
0: well to measure the impact of my work well there's there's various scopes right there and goals and sub goals so you know, to have a, 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 a ultimate goals or, or larger, larger size goals are a great thing to have, but they're they're all going to be preceded by goals that are more uh, attainable. So I would say, right, right. For example, right now we have just soft, we've soft launched my app Proficio, which is the solution for self help. it solves the problems of self-help we and we've we've not done the official launch because we're still getting technical glitches out of it some hiccups so while i've been i'm successful in the soft launch i haven't been successful in the full launch but and and then then will come the what my my real goal is which is well my the go- my goal after that is to do the upgrade so that we have a catalog and, a, and have any self-help course okay they don't have that then the, what's the goal behind that well the goal behind that is to have the greatest collection of self-help courses in the world great and what's behind that or above that matter Meta- that I should say well that as I want to transform self-help I want to create the success revolution so the, t- the key is to make momentum goals one goal that is, that is essential as a precedent to the one that follows that you do that. And you, you'll be, you'll, you'll be juiced. You'll be moving. You'll achieve one thing after another. You pursue not, not the ultimate goal, the one, right. The one that, the one that's subsequent, and that leads you to your ultimate goal. So the, to the measure, the impact I'll use Earl Nightingale's definition of success. Success is this is the progressive realization towards a worthwhile goal. If you're doing that, you are successful. Now, the word progressive is critical. So you can't be intermittent. It has to be progressive. That means you're learning your lessons, right? You're not repeating yeah. them.
1: I just and wrote, wrote that down. Momentum goals. That's a brilliant term. That's it. And you mentioned Earl Nightingale. My friend Ben Gay the Third was very good for friends with Earl Nightingale. And he used to say that, you know, Ben. Ben used to say of Earl that he could say anything in the voice of God.
0: <laughs> he could. He, his voice was on un- all oh, was magical. Yep. I I, yep. I was mesmerized.
1: Yep, everybody was. And Ben said something to me a few weeks ago that I just it boggled my mind. Then and still he said, you know, Earl Nightingale, for as famous as he is now, was not as famous during his life as he is now. Of course, kind of like you know, Doctor Napoleon Hill. But he said, Denise, do you know? Do you understand that right now, today, we are reaching more people with one single sixty-minute podcast than Earl ever reached. Wow! I I, That's I know. It's an incredible, That's I, the I
0: incredible just, age we live in.
1: I had to sit down and with that for a while, and I'm still not sure I buy it. But he said it, so it must be true. But it does make sense. I mean, we have we can meet so many people and
0: connect with some internet age is just incredible. It's
1: amazing. Don't abuse it though. Listen, we are just about running out of time. So one of the things that I wanted to ask you is, and we talked about this just a little bit about comfort zone. So how do you distinguish between healthy discomfort? Kind of like I do with NLP. I'm going to try it again though. I'm not going to give up on it now that we've had this talk. I'm going to give it another shot. But How do you distinguish between healthy well, discomfort that question. leads to growth and situations that may be detrimental to your well-being?
0: It, it's a it's a great question. First of all, there is no growth without discomfort. If you're not uncomfortable, you're not growing. Period. All right. Now to distinguish the two, very simple. Are you in pursuit or in some environment? That is related to to your goals or congruent with your values. If you are, then that's the discomfort that you want to be in. If you're not, then it's not. Then that's your about your intuition saying you oh, know this is this is no good. Really simple.
1: It's, that's how I operate. My intuition is very important to me. I almost never discount it or ignore it because if I do, I'm going to get bitten right in the fanny. Very good. So listen, where can people find, and thank you for spending this time with me. Is there anything before I let you go that you want people to know about? How can they find you? Any kind of last thoughts?
0: Yes. Well, uh, I have a soft launch, as I said, and the full launch will come soon. An app that is going to transform self-help. It's called Proficio. Go to Proficio.io. That's P-E-R-F-I-C-I-O.io. And you can download the app and we'll have a free trial there. You can check it out. It's it's. And transformative uh, and I would appreciate if you went there and um, we have all sorts of promotions we can give, give you all sorts of bargains but I want to say something about this conversation this has been the most wonderful organic conversation we had we had some points that we had written uh, before here and we hardly touched on them because that conversation was so wonderful and organic and I love it it's been fantastic and I thank you so much for it, Denise it's really been great Thank you for saying
1: that. And like I told you during the pre-interview and in the our virtual green room, it's a conversation. It's going to go wherever it's going to go. I do have questions. You sent me some and I had some of my own, but sometimes I'm going to ask them and sometimes I'm not. Sometimes they're just not needed. You've already answered them during the conversation.
0: I had a great time. So that's one, one check mark. And I know that we have you know, in our discourse provided a lot of great value to people because there's a lot of applicable things that we spoke about. So uh, I think that this is a win, win, win. Thank you very much.
1: Oh, my pleasure. I'm so glad you were here with me today. And for our audience, oh, you, is there, are you on LinkedIn? Do you want, how do you want people to connect directly with you?
0: Um, You know, I don't, I don't don't even know my social, my socials. Just go to, you can go to Proficio and contact me, Proficio.io. And we have all the socials, but uh, just, you can just search Proficio P-E-R-F-I-C-I-O.
1: Good enough. Well, listen, everybody, as we conclude today's episode, your feedback means an awful lot to me. And if you found the show helpful, please support us with a quick review on iTunes. Your input is vital in my mission to an inspire to inspire and empower more individuals. So don't forget to hit subscribe, leave a review, and share your partner in Success Radio with your friends and your colleagues. And be sure to go find Tony Petros on the web and connect with him. And thank you for tuning in. And I will see you the next time. Tony, again, thank you so much.
0: It's been a pleasure. Thank you so much, Denise. Get your voice heard. If you would like to launch your own far-reaching podcast, contact Denise Griffiths at yourofficeontheweb.com and go to the podcast tab.